I am super excited to announce that A Good Feeling Dog Training is now offering Skype dog training consults. And in the future, I'm also putting together online dog training courses. So if you wanted to work with me and you don't live in Colorado, please check out agfdogtraining.com and under services, Skype sessions. And if you'd like to do online training courses, stay tuned and I will let you know when those drop. Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey all, welcome to episode number seven of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I am your host, Rachel Harris. I hope that you've been enjoying the previous episodes. If you haven't already listened to episode number six, let's talk about having expectations of our dogs. I suggest you go ahead and give it a listen. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, be sure to do so so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But today, I would like to talk about giving our dogs choices. I did an Instagram poll and everyone, 97% of you, wanted to hear about giving your dogs choices. So here I am. I'm on the mic and I am ready to talk about giving our dogs choices. So I want to talk about giving your dogs choices. And, you know, you're probably already giving your dog a lot of choices as it is, right? And you may be doing it unintentionally. So I want to give you some ideas of how you can build in more choices into your dog's day-to-day and how you can intentionally be giving them choices if you've been doing it on accident. I want to talk about why. Why should we give our dogs choices? I think that one, I think that all of us, people and dogs alike, want to have some sort of perceived control over our own life and our own existence. I think that that offers a lot of comfort. Uh, So I, I want to be in control of my environment. So I'm trying to give my dogs choices to be in control of their environment too. I think that we can empower our learners by giving them more choices. I think we can make situations easier and less stressful by giving our dogs choices. So there's lots of reasons to give our dogs choices. So let's talk about some examples of where and how you can give your dogs more choices. So the first example is pretty easy and you're probably doing this anyways, toys right? Um, Holding out two toys, whichever one your dog chooses, they get to have and you can interact with that toy. That's super easy. I have lots of clients who take their dog to the pet store and let them choose their own toy. I think that's brilliant, right? So toys is a really easy way to build in choices. I think that food is also another way to build in choices. Um, I think we all just buy dog food and give it to the dog and expect them to like that. But something that I have done in the past that I really love is doing a taste test. So I pretty much just put 
like five or six different little morsels of food on like a big plate and I look at which one did the dog eat first. I recognize that most dogs just love all food, right? But not all dogs do. And I think that dogs that really love food, they still have a preference, right? So the last time I did this with Tiva and Waylon, I put cheddar cheese on one corner. I put mozzarella cheese on the other corner. I had cooked chicken, breakfast sausage, and bacon, right? And I did this individually so I could be paying attention because they eat it really, really fast. So um, I put it down. Waylon ate bacon first. Tiva ate cheese first, right? So that was good information about if they could choose their treats, that would be the treat that they prefer. So I definitely took that information and I make sure that when I need high value treats for high distracting environments, I have bacon for Waylon and I have cheese for Tiva. So those are just easy ways. I think that Another way to give your dog choice in the food department would be to, instead of putting all of their food combined in one bowl, would be to set it on like a cutting board or some sort of flat surface so it's spread out so that they can choose to participate or not participate in certain parts of the food. So that's another way to give your dog choice. Toys, food, those are easy ways to give your dog's choices. A less easy way to give your dog choices is probably vet care, um, vet care and grooming. I think that we as humans want instant gratification and quick results. And I think because of that, we really rush dogs into stressful situations in the name of grooming and training. Um, I'm guilty of this too. I think we can all be guilty of it, but I think what we should be doing is working harder to give our dogs choices to participate in vet care and grooming and training and making it an enjoyable experience. So, you know, an example of rushing grooming would be nail clipping. Do you like to clip your dog's nails? Do you take your dog to the vet and let the vet do it? Well, I've got some bad news for you. It's probably stressful for the dog if they have to go to the vet and then they're taking the dog back away from you, likely holding them down and clipping their nails. I'm not saying that it's stressful for every single dog and I'm not saying that every vet office is holding your dog down, but I think by and large, that is what's happening behind closed doors. That is really stressful and I don't think that it's fair. So I I really discourage you from clipping your dog's nails if it's going to be a really, really stressful experience. Instead, what I think you should do is work with your dog on training so that you guys can work together so that you or your dog can have a choice in the matter. If you're not already familiar, there is an online course called Nailed It, and it is fabulous. It's a step-by-step guide in teaching your dog to not only accept nail trimming, but also enjoy it and be a willing part participant. I'll include a link to that in the show notes so you guys can check it out. I did it with Waylon and we are making huge progress. If you follow us on Instagram or Facebook, last week I posted a video of Waylon and I and I was able to file several of his nails, which is a big deal. Uh, Waylon was super cool with nail nail trimming as a puppy and then when he got older, I rushed it. 
I rushed it too much and then it became a negative experience. So I had to take a step back. And the reason I did that is because I want Waylon to have a choice in the matter. If he doesn't want to participate in nail clipping, I want to be able to respect that. And at the same time, I'm setting up nail trimming sessions so that he does want to participate, right? It's reinforcing and it's enjoyable. So that's just one example of how I'm trying to give my own dog a choice in the matter of nail clipping. So I think that getting injections, so vaccinations, blood draws, all of that stuff, I think that that's another opportunity for us to give our dog a choice to participate instead of rushing them into it and making it a stressful experience. It takes time and it takes diligence, but it really pays off. And it's worth all the effort to know that your dog isn't stressed, worried, or overwhelmed. And I don't know about you, but watching my dog stress at the vet It's one of my least favorite feelings. So anything I can do to prevent that from happening, I'm definitely going to be doing. So that is an example of how you can give your dog a choice. Um, If you have a long-coated dog and you have to brush their fur. So I would maybe brush their fur a couple of times, give them a cookie, and then I would toss a treat away from them and see if they make the choice to come back. If they make the choice to come back, I'm going to do some more brushing, I'm going to reward, and then I'm going to toss a treat away. And again, give them a choice to come back. And if they don't choose to come back, I'm going to be ready to prepare myself for maybe this needs more training than I think it does instead of rushing through and just brushing the dog anyways. I recognize that we're busy. Life is crazy sometimes, but I think that we need to slow down and remember that our dogs are living, breathing creatures and it is not fair to rush them through things that stress them out just for the sake of time. And really, if you spend the time and you back up and you teach them how enjoyable brushing, nail clipping, getting a vaccination can be, then that's something that you don't have to muddle through their entire life, right? So giving your dog choices to participate in grooming and vet care, I think is very, very important. And I recognize that it is not always easy, but make an effort, be an advocate for your dog. You do the same thing for your kids. So I think you should do the same thing for your dog. I guess I can't really say you do the same for your kid because I don't have a kid. So my perspective is probably skewed on that. But anyways, let's talk about another example of giving your dog a choice. So I think that interactions with other dogs and people is another place that you can give your dog choice. Um, If you have a scared or fearful dog and someone comes over and asks to pet your dog and your dog is cowering behind you, give your dog the choice to opt out of that experience, right? And on the flip side of that, if you have a really friendly dog like I do, Waylon is annoyingly friendly. Every person he sees, his tail is wagging. He wants to say hello. So if someone asks to say hi to him, I always give Waylon the choice and he always takes advantage of that choice and is licking their face and wiggling like a crazy lunatic. Interactions with other dogs, same thing. If you have a fearful dog who isn't sure about other dogs and someone's walking up to you and their dog is pulling to get your, to your dog asking if they can say hi, my guess would be your dog, if they had a choice, they'd say no to that interaction. So 
I would make sure to make that happen. Tell the people, no thanks. My dog is still kind of afraid of other dogs and just keep walking. And then on the flip side of that, if your dog is really friendly and they want to say hi to another dog, I think you can give them the choice to say hi to another dog. So yeah, interactions. I think it's really important that you give your dog a choice to interact or not interact right? And really start to watch for those subtle signals. Tifa has helped me with probably hundreds of leash reactive and or aggressive dogs in her life with me. And something that I've always done is give her a choice to interact or not interact. So say we're standing next to the dog and the dogs are seemingly calm and Tiva looks at me. I say, okay, you can go and say hi. And if she goes and says hi, brilliant. And if she doesn't, I give her more space because she doesn't want to say hi. So pay attention to those things and do your best not to put your dog in situations that if they had a choice, they wouldn't be in, right? So I like to give my dogs lots of off-leash privileges and that comes with a caveat, right? Because Waylon would make some really bad choices if the environment wasn't right, if he was off-leash. So to give you an example, Waylon likes to eat all kinds of gross stuff. And if I'm somewhere where I know there's going to be trash that could be potentially dangerous for him, I'm not letting him off leash because I know he's going to make the choice to eat the potentially toxic thing, right? So when I'm letting my dogs off leash, I'm doing my best to only do so in environments where I think that they are going to be able to make good choices that don't put them in danger or become a nuisance to other people. So if I am at a busy park and I don't think my dogs are going to listen when I call them, I am not giving them the option to be off leash because I know they are not going to make the right choice, right? Um, So that's something you have to think about when letting your dogs off leash. I think an example of giving your dog a choice if they are on leash would be if they want to stop and sniff somewhere, let them sniff. They're choosing to sniff there. Stop and just wait. I don't know why there's this huge rush to make the dog walk at your side the whole time. That's terrible, right? You don't take your kids to the zoo and tell them they can't look at anything and they have to stay next to you the whole time, right? You let them participate and engage in their environment. Dogs, their nose, their sense of smell is their strongest sense. So if the dog chooses to sniff something, you should stop and let them sniff, right? On the flip side of that, if the dog is stopping and choosing to sniff something and then you think they may eat something that could be potentially toxic, like a brown blocky headed dog that I know, then I wouldn't give them that choice. But outside of that, I'm going to give them the choice to stop and sniff if they want, right? Um, So I really want to build in choices to everyday life. If you have not already read the new Control Unleashed book, it is incredible. Oh my gosh. Leslie has so many phenomenal examples of pattern games that you can build choice into the dog's life. Um, I'm probably not doing it justice, but she has an example of letting her dog choose when to give her other dog a treat. It's awesome. It's so brilliant. And it's really not as labor intensive as you might think. So I will definitely include a link in the session notes to her new book. I highly recommend you buy it and read it. It was so good. So yeah, so giving your dogs choices 
matters. And I think that the more we can be conscious about situations that we could give our dog a choice and letting them choose, the better. I think our dogs are going to be happier. I think that they're going to be healthier. And I think that our relationship with our dogs is going to be much better if we can give them choice. I was definitely at a point with Waylon and the nail clipping where I considered rushing through it. And you know what would have happened? That would have compromised our relationship because that's a betrayal of trust, right? He's uncomfortable. He doesn't like it. And if I forced him to participate, that could have been detrimental to us, right? So I took the long road and it is paying off and I wouldn't do it any differently. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by something that your dog is afraid of, you feel like it's the experience sucks for both of you, I encourage you to look at how you can set up the scenario so that the dog gets the choice to participate or not participate, right? And sometimes it is not appropriate to give your dog a choice because they will make the wrong choice right? I absolutely recognize that. And if it's going to put the dog in danger, you should not be giving this dog a choice, right? So force-free dog trainer is a label that I definitely go by, but there's, you know, there's some, some resistance from some trainers saying that, you know, we're not actually force-free dog trainers, And that is true, right? There are certain situations where I'm probably forcing, quote unquote, my dog to do something they don't want to do. So for example, today I was out walking Waylon and there was a chicken bone on the ground and he really wanted to eat it. And I pulled him away from the chicken bone. So I forced him to come with me. And that is not force-free, but that is for the safety of the dog. And you best believe that when the leash was loose and he made the choice to come with me, he got a high-value reinforcement for it. So giving your dog's choice is so, so important, but it's not always appropriate. So you have to look at your individual dog. Some dogs are capable of making better choices. Tiva is really great at making choices to stay really close when she is off leash, right? Waylon is not as good about making those choices. So while I'm working on recall training, while I'm working on building value and staying near me, I am still using management to make sure that he makes the right choices, right? So maybe he's on leash, maybe he's on a long leash. I'm also going to start conditioning him to accept wearing a basket muzzle so that I can manage the situation and prevent him from eating things that could be potentially toxic. I don't know how I got a hound in an American Staffordshire Terrier, but by God, I did. And this dog sniffs out all kinds of gross stuff. And, you know, in some regards, I'm totally cool with dogs eating gross stuff because they're dogs. But in other circumstances, like at the park behind our house where all the teenagers hang out and they leave their trash, the chances of there being something that he could eat that could be potentially toxic or lethal are high. So I either have to keep him on leash or I'm going to teach him to accept wearing the basket muzzle so that if he did get to something disgusting, he can't eat it. So Muzzle training, I'm a big fan of it. I love it. If you haven't already conditioned your dog to accept wearing a basket muzzle, it is a very useful, practical life skill. And arguably, you're the most responsible owner you could be if your dog is conditioned to wear a basket muzzle. Sunny was conditioned to wear a basket muzzle because he could be very dog aggressive. And it 
was essential, right? It was essential to his safety and my safety because if Sonny got into a fight and did damage to another dog, you know, he could have been at risk. And by wearing a muzzle, I just prevented that situation from ever arising, right? So that's another way that you can use management to give your dog more choice. So I know I've talked about it before in previous episodes, but I'm always looking at how can I manage the environment so that one, the dog can make a good choice or two, so that I can give the dog a choice to participate. It's very contextual, but that's how I'm looking at it. So I hope this gave you some fresh food for thought on giving your dog choices. If you enjoyed today's episode, feel free to leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also tag me on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what you liked about the episode. If you're not already following us on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, please do. I'm going to continue to do polls and kind of get feedback about what you guys want to hear about on the podcast. So if you have something you'd like to hear about, let me know. Thanks for tuning in to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I'm already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co you can also find us on facebook at a good feeling dog training as well as our website agfdogtraining.com. dog